Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and nuance behind the headlines. This is Alex. Good morning and happy Monday. I was off the back half of last week and that means that I am getting caught up and I am here to catch you up as well. Today is August 7th, 2023, and on today's show, we are talking about stocks, upcoming earnings, and what has changed or not in the crypto market. Then, are we really reaching peak smartphone, an Indian internet law, one IPO, and big moves in Paytm's ownership? It's going to be great. Let's go. Starting off, as we always do, with a look at the world of money, and that means stocks. Shares are largely lower in Asia this morning. Please keep an eye later this week on Chinese inflation data as deflation concerns continue to hover over the critical economy. In Europe, shares are lower this morning, and here in the U.S., stocks are set to open, well, I'm sorry to say it, but lower. Earnings this week, quite a lot slower than what we saw last week, but still some big names. I am looking forward to numbers from Palantir and Twilio, Toast, Applovin, Roblox, and Alibaba. We are, of course, getting close to the end of the major earnings period, but that doesn't mean that all the big names are behind us. A couple weeks out, we have Cisco and Zoom, Snowflake, and NVIDIA. And then there was crypto. If you listened to the show last Friday, you may have noticed that I wasn't on it because I was off in Oregon. And we had Jackie Melanick's interview with Ripple on the pod. Well, if you liked crypto, here's a little bit more. By the way, it's like I never left. Bitcoin is still at around $28,000 per, and ETH is still around the $1,800 mark. Still quite a lot to look at. I am tracking the circulating supply of the USDC stablecoin and what is going on with the other major USD stablecoin, Tether, which has been gyrating more than usual around its target $1 peg. Keep an eye on that. Recall that Coinbase earnings were last week and they were something of a mixed bag, but did show critically that the company's cost-cutting work is bearing fruit. The question still remains, however, what could reignite consumer interest in crypto-related products, assets, and services? Next up, my favorite part of the show, a collection of stories that I call Big News That Matters. And first up, we're going to ask a question. Have we reached peak smartphone? Now, catching up frantically from being offline a few days ago, I am snagging a piece of news that I really think matters and you may have missed. So Apple's earnings last week were a little bit soft, in part due to slowing sales of the iPhone, the American company's well-known mobile handset. You may actually own one. Apple said that the smartphone market has been in decline for the last couple of quarters here in the US, a key market for smartphone sales. Now, Apple has been on a mission in recent years to grow the services side of its business and has really made material progress over there. TechCrunch reported, for example, off this latest earnings report, that Apple has reached over 1 billion paid subscriptions. Still, it's very hard to replace an engine of growth as massive and successful as the iPhone has been for Apple. Smartphones in general may be largely tapped out in growth terms, and I think I know why, or at least partially why. I will replace my current trusty iPhone 11 when the battery gets worse, but not before, And I will probably once again buy an older gen model because I just use it to avoid text messages and to tweet or or post or whatever. It's simply so good, it's good enough. Now, is all this a reason to worry? The answer is no. Apple is still worth $2.86 trillion, has kajillions of dollars in cash, and is impossible to stop. But the company is going to have to either grind its subs business to reignite growth or 
invent a new hardware software platform that really does impress. So it's all eyes, pun intended, on the Vision Pro. Over in India, we have news. TechCrunch reports that India's lower house of parliament greenlit a revised data privacy law presented the previous week, even as the bill has received criticism. Many believe that it will grant too much authority to the current government. Well, we'll have to see. The Digital Personal Data Protection Bill, which was reintroduced in the lower house last week, makes companies collecting user data mandatory to obtain explicit user consent before processing it. The bill also allows the Indian government to waive compliance requirements for certain data fiduciaries, like startups, that's good, and it also empowers the government to establish a data protection board and appoint all of its members, including the chairperson. The bill itself covers the handling of digital personal information, even if it takes place outside of India, as long as it relates to providing goods or services to Indian individuals. That's very important. The government also has the power to decide which countries are not allowed to receive personal data from users, and I think we can all fill in the blanks there. New Delhi-based digital rights advocacy group Internet Freedom Foundation said the bill fails to include, quote, several of the meaningful recommendations that were made during the consultation process of its last draft and did not, quote, sufficiently safeguard the right to privacy of individuals in the country. Now, the context here is that the internet regulatory stance of the Indian government in recent years has been increasingly hard-edged, and that is a worry. We've all seen what happened with China's draconian internet and information access rules that are proved, I would say, to be onerous and exclusive. So it would be a shame to see yet another internet island form. There are ways to have intelligent and reasonable regulation without allowing authoritarian or authoritarian-leaning governments too much power to decide who can speak and in what manner. And in this case, I don't think they got it right. Next up, I am trilling with joy because Triller has decided to go public. Yes, Triller filed to go public while I was visiting family, which I think is cause for me to never take time off again. However, I'm back. I've had a peek at the numbers and the company does appear to be massively unprofitable, though I have yet to really sink my fingers into the skin of its filing. So more to come over on TechCrunch for me, but this is probably not going to be the IPO that we are looking for. Why? Well, the American tech IPO market needs a big brand name private market startup, preferably venture-backed and bulletproof, to file, price, and list strongly, showing CEOs and VCs alike that it is safe and perhaps even preferable to try to list than to stay private even longer. Triller, on the other hand, while very interesting, doesn't quite fit that bill. Next up, big moves in fintech. TechCrunch reports that the founder and chief executive of Paytm has entered into a deal with Ant Financial to acquire a 10.3% stake in the Indian financial services firm in a move that appears orchestrated to cut its exposure to the Chinese company. Now, the transaction is being executed at Paytm's share closing price of August 4th, making the 10.3% stake worth about $630 million. Why is this happening? Well, it allows Paytm to reduce its exposure to Ant Financial, making the Indian firm more suitable for future licenses in its home country. What's very interesting here is that the CEO of Paytm will also issue, quote, optionally convertible debentures to Ant Financial that will allow the Chinese company to retain the economic value of its prior stake. Now, Ant doesn't get to keep a representative on Paytm's board, so it won't have control, but does have a share of the upside. These are the things you have to do when you're dealing with non-free economies. It gets really messy. 
And that is the show for this fine Monday morning. I am now going to go figure out what the hell happened on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday internally so I can get back to work. But in the meantime, if you do need more equity, we are Equity Pod on Twitter and Threads and just Equity on Blue Sky. Of course, I'm Alex over on X if you're into that sort of thing. And we have Chain Reaction and found our sister podcast. They are tremendous. We love them and we appreciate them oh so much. And finally, Disrupt is coming up this September. Equity is kicking off the show and we'll also have live recordings from Chain Reaction and Found. We'll see you there. Hugs. Bye. Equity is hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm, and TechCrunch Senior Reporter, Mary Ann Azevedo. We are produced by Teresa Loconsolo with editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. And a big thank you to the audience development team and Henry Picavet, who manages TechCrunch Audio Products. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.